It's nearly time for pitchers and catchers to report back for the 2024 spring training, but there's still a number of free agents left on the market. Pitcher Blake Snell apparently only has one offer, and that is below his asking price from the New York Yankees. You've still got Cody Bellinger's out on the market, unable to find a home. Jordan Montgomery is unable to find a home as well. So I'm going to have to dive into this and ask myself, what's going on with the free agency market? What's going on with teams unwilling to spend big on some, admittedly, top, top players? And in an unusual step for myself as a New York Yankees fan, I am going to do take a look at the Boston Red Sox situation and I'm actually going to defend the fan base of the Red Sox from their ownership who are leading them astray bamboozling them and just quite frankly as I've seen on Boston Red Sox Twitter gaslight them on this offseason that has been arguably the worst in Major League Baseball so let's not waste any time and let's talk baseball The Wiz Kids had won it, Bobby Thompson had done it, and Yogi read the comics all the while. Rock and roll was being born, marijuana we would scorn, so down on the corner the national pastime went on trial. We're talking baseball, Klazuski, Campanella, talking baseball, the man and Bobby Fella, the scooter, the barber and the nuke. They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque, especially Willie, Mickey and the Duke. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to Let's Talk Baseball. I'm your host, Tom Scholes, and today we are going to be looking at the free agency market and the Boston Red Sox in a brief glimpse at that that they may not seem entirely connected but by the end of this show I will be looking at this and kind of understanding really why Boston Red Sox fans are so unhappy with their ownership are so annoyed with what's going on but also why in the free agency market there appears to be a severe lack of action going on We've had the big names move. We've had Otani move. We have Yamamoto move. We had Soto being traded away. And whilst I appreciate that isn't free agency, that was a big part of the offseason that really has kind of been the, the main event of it. And, you know, we're a few weeks away from spring training almost starting. We've got, you know, the, the annual reminder that spring training is on the way is coming up in two weeks' time in Las Vegas, the Super Bowl, and we've got people like Blake Snell, the National League Cy Young, without a team. We've got a World Series winner in Jordan Montgomery, without a team. We have a player who bounced back magnificently from last year in Cody Bellinger, without a team. And I don't understand why. Maybe it's the pricing. Maybe it's... The whole kind of, we don't want to pay this much for you. And by all accounts, that's what seems to be happening with Blake Snell. A lot with Blake Snell seems to be that people simply just don't want to pay his asking price. They simply don't want to, you know, go up to what he wants them to be. What he's asking for 
is a lot more than what I imagine a lot of other teams will want to pay him. I'm going to have to get up the actual figure of how much he wanted, because I believe it was a nine-year deal. And, you know, he's, by all accounts, he's turned down the New York Yankees offer. And this is from inside the Padres from on, on their... on Sports Illustrated with the title Blake Snell looking for insane contract and it you know when you've got Scott Boris as your agent it's it's a it's a a given that off-season drama and off-season dilemmas are going to pop up but maybe not in this way maybe they didn't expect this and this is from Bob Nightingale who said two-time Cy Young Award winner Blake Snell's loan offer is a six-year, $150 million from the New York Yankees. Snell requested $270 million over nine years. $270 million over nine years is, is insane. It's not going to happen. It's ridiculous to even think that you're going to get that from a market that has shown no signs of giving that up, have shown no signs of paying that. Yes, you might be the National League so young and an outstanding pitcher, but no one's committing that much money to a guy like Blake Snell. And I mean that in all the respect in the world. He is a fantastic pitcher, but there is no way no way anyone's giving you nine years, twenty two hundred and seventy million. No way. Absolutely none. And to think that that was going to be the case is insane. But, you know, if you don't buy a ticket to the raffle, you might not win. You know, you got to you got to be in it to win it, I guess. And part of me is respecting of it. Part of me is respecting of, you know, chance your arm of it. Now, maybe, maybe he put that offer out there knowing he wasn't going to get that. But it's a, you know, it's a bargaining tool. Yes, you might want 270 across nine years, but no one's going to, no one's going to give you that. Maybe the expectation was if he asked for a high figure and they go, okay, we're not going to give you 270 over nine. We're going to give you 200 over five, let's say. He still comes out with it with $200 million and he still has a longish enough contract. Maybe he's looked at the Yankees deal and gone, the length might be fine, but the amount might not be. What I don't think he anticipated was probably the lack of attention and the lack of suitors he has in his, you know, in his contract deals, because we're in we're approaching February as as time of recording is thirtieth of January, twenty twenty four, and we are two days away from January, but according to the reports. Whether this is true or not, I don't know. But we can only go off the report. One team is in for him. I don't think he anticipated that. I think he anticipated at least the Giants being in. 
I think he anticipated the Yankees being in. I think he probably anticipated even the Angels being in. Maybe even the Texas Rangers might have been in. But if you're gonna, if you're the Texas Rangers and you've got pitching money to allocate, you're going to give it to the guy that has just won you a World Series or helped you win a World Series in Jordan Montgomery. Um, so maybe Blake Snell isn't top of their list. He probably anticipated the Red Sox being involved. He may even anticipated like a wild team such as like the Seattle Mariners or. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles, who I know don't spend a load of money, but they've got a really good team. They've just come off back of the back of a hundred win season. Maybe there was a maybe there was an expectation that they could have moved the needle for this guy, but alas, that hasn't happened, and he's left with one team wanting him, or at least one team making an offer for him, and that is the New York Yankees. Now I doubt really that he's going to end up as a Yankee. It just doesn't feel right at this point in time. Maybe he takes an offer from the Yankees and maybe he takes the offer they've offered him because he might not have anything else. You know, it's not going to be, he's not going to be hanging around forever. And at some point he's going to have to take a deal. And this, this accounts for Cody Bellinger. This accounts for Jordan Montgomery as well. At some point in time, you're going to have to take a deal because you can't sit out the, the spring training. You cannot sit out the opening weeks of the season because then you're going to have a cut price deal. You might have a one-year deal and everything along those lines, and then your value decreases. These players don't need prove-me deals. I mean, the only person that probably could get one is Cody Bellinger, not because he needs to prove himself, but because I think teams might be wary of handing him a big deal after his one bounce-back year. If he was to get another, if he was to have a year extension with the Cubs and perform well again, hit next year's free agency, I think a lot of people would have been like, okay, yeah, I'm more than willing to give you a bigger deal because you have proven, not just across one season, but across two seasons, that you can perform when you're in the right mindset and when you're fully healthy. And the whole kind of free agency thing is really, really strange to me, really odd, because there's some really good pitch, there's some really good players out there. Again, I'm going to have to get the, the list of free agency, um, the free agents up, because you know, outside of the big boys, you know, Matt Chapman. Third baseman for the, well last season for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, he might not be elite, but somebody can do with him. Somebody can be better with Matt Chapman in their team. Same, you know, we've mentioned Cody Bellinger, we've mentioned Blake Snell, we've mentioned Jordan Montgomery. You've got people like Lucas Giolito who are off to the Red Sox on a two-year, thirty-eight point five million deal. If I mean this in all the respect to him. All the respect to Lucas Giolito. If he can get a deal, if Marcus Stroman can get a deal, why can't some of these other guys get a deal? You know, it's wild to me that even people like Jorge Soler, who, as far as I know, isn't on the list of anybody. He's a free agent who could do a job for someone. Justin Turner, free agent. J.D. Martinez, free agent. Tim Anderson, free agent. Clayton Kershaw, free agent, but we know he's probably going to end up going back to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Hector Neris, probably going to go to the Cubs. Gary Sanchez, Michael Brantley has retired, even though he's on the CBS free agency tracker. And 
I think the point overall with this is not so much to say, oh my God, I can't believe these players are all not in deals and are not on teams because, oh my God, these are elite talents. It's not that. The point of it is these are very good players who can do a job for many, many teams who can provide something for your for your lineup. You know, if you're the Mets, you're looking at Justin Turner and JD Martinez, in my opinion. Because yeah, they're not gonna they might not on their own help you win a win a playoff game or win uh eighty five plus games this season, but they're good to have. They're experienced heads. They're good, you know, as the cliche goes, they're good for the changing rooms. They're good team players. But, yeah, you might not want to spend loads of money on players, but at the end of the day, a one-year deal isn't going isn't gonna to ruin anything. It's not going to... A one-year deal is not going to make you go, oh, God, we need to tighten, tighten the purse strings with this one. We signed Justin Turner to a one-year deal. It's ridiculous that teams aren't not bending over backwards to sign these players. But you, you, you get what I mean in the sense of of all the teams, there are low, there are so many players in this league that are not as good as JD Martinez, not as good as Justin Turner. Yet them two guys are waiting around for their deals. Again, it goes back to what we've said before in the sense that so many players are valuable to a lot of teams. Justin Turner can be valuable to a lot of teams. J.D. Martinez can be. Jordan Montgomery can be. Cody Bellinger can be. Blake Snell can be. And no one's making an offer yet. The San Francisco Giants will throw money at anybody they can. And even by all accounts, they haven't touched Blake Snell, which I find confusing. I find it really odd. But this whole free agency thing has not, I don't think, I don't think annoyed is the best way to put it, but it's unusual to me simply because, and we go, we'll move on to, move on to the next topic in relation to this. The reason why these moves are confusing or these lack of moves are confusing to me is because you look at the Boston Red Sox and the displeasure that's coming out from their fan base towards the ownership, towards the front office, about the lack of serious movements. In the off-season, the front office were quoted as saying they're going to go full throttle this off season. If this is full throttle, God help me what the other what going all in is. You know? You type in the Boston Red Sox onto Google News. Boston Red Sox in touch with two free agent pitchers as search for depth continues. Let's have a look who they are. Jacob Junis. Good, good. Ryan Stanek. They've already signed Lucas Giolito. But when you hear the words, we're going to go full throttle. 
the throttling hasn't been full at all. And you've got the fan media, you the fan event where people are being booed onto stages. And yeah, I heard people and I saw people go, "Oh my god, how ungrateful they won the they won the World Series a, a few years ago." Yeah, they did. They did win it a few years ago. Six years ago. It's a long time. It's a long time in sport. It's a long time in anything. I think everyone's perception of time has been kind of ruined by what's happened in the world in those six years. But in those six years, they have won nothing since that World Series. And for a team like the Boston Red Sox, who have the expectation of winning or at least challenging, at least being in the fight, don't they fight? you got Red Sox fans openly admitting that they don't expect to be above 500 this season. They're probably going to finish bottom of the AL East. Because, one, they're not very good, but two, it's such a competitive division that what do you want them to do? They've made next to no moves. The fan base is in ter- the, the, the fan base is in turmoil. The fan base is unhappy. It's it's on one hand, from my point of view, funny to see, but on the other, neutral point of view, I can understand it. Yes, I can laugh at them and everything along those lines, but I I look at it and kind of think, if this was my team, how would I react? If this was my team having an off-season where they told their fan base they're going to go full throttle and then ultimately didn't go full throttle, how would I react? I would react and kind of throw your hands up in the air and go, well, what's the point then? What do you want to do with this team? Yes, you won in 2018, but you've not done anything since to give off the impression that you want to do more. That you want to progress, that you want to do all of these other things. And, you know, you've got the, again, it's not an entire link-in, but you've got what's happening over in Liverpool with Jurgen Klopp and how FSGs now have to rebuild that team as well. And, you know, I've said to people that who will listen that FSG and rebuilds in recent years haven't gone the way that the fans expected. Don't be surprised if a big Liverpool star is sold in the same way that Mookie Betts was traded. You have two options. You can either re-sign your homegrown players to large amounts of money that will keep the fan base happy, but will probably keep you somewhat of a contender because you have that X factor. Or you trade him. You trade him, you see what you get, and that's the end of that. They went with trade him, they got nothing out of it. Horrible trade, fan trust is broken. Simple as that. So don't be surprised if that happens at Liverpool. But also the point of it is, with what's going on at Liverpool, are their attentions going to be changed? Are they going to look at the Red Sox and go, we'll park that? You know, this side of the business can look after that. We're going to look after this because this is the... They've traded away Alex Verdugo. Chris Sale has gone. They've got Tyler O'Neill. And Lucas Giolito. They're okay moves. 
They're not amazing moves. They're not moves that make you go, right, here we go. The Red Sox are in town. The Red Sox are coming. It's not anything to write home about. And yes, there are talented players left on the market. And this is going back to the free agency thing. You've got these players out on the market that would do a job for you. If you're the Red Sox and you're, you were supposedly in for Yamamoto and missed out on him, look at Blake Snell. Yeah, it might not be the best deal, but it's better than nothing. What's holding you back? Make him an offer. Make sure it's better than the Yankees' offer, and then take it from there. If he says no, he says no. If he says yes, you've got yourself a Cy Young winning pitcher. But I can understand the anger. I can understand why they're frustrated. Because for about 20 years, exactly 20 years, they've gotten used to winning and being competitive. And maybe, you know, a down year is one or two years, but they're approaching a good couple of years where they've not really threatened at all. Last year, they weren't even a fixture. They weren't even a thing. And when they made a big deal about the Yankees v Red Sox on ESPN or Sunday Night Baseball, it was a bit like... Yeah, I know you've got the rivalry, but they're not anywhere close to being some of the best teams. Nowhere close to it. And I feel for the Red Sox fans. I can't believe I'm saying it. Because they're looking on in disbelief. They came into this offseason looking at who was available and kind of going, okay, we might not get that guy, but this guy's available. And we might get in this guy. We're in for this guy. And we can trade for this and this and this and this. And ultimately, none of it's happened. Because if you'd have said to Red Sox fans, we're at 30th of June, pitchers and catchers are about to report, and you've brought in Tyler O'Neill and Lucas Giolito, they would have been like, who else? They would have been, okay, okay, that's not a bad start, but who else came in? Mm, no one else came in, but Chris Sale's gone. And Alex Verdugo's gone to the Yankees. Right. Okay. Don't think they'd be happy with that. Just a hunch. But I don't think they'd be happy with it. So Fenway's going to be fun this year. Because you've got the classic when owners don't spend. Oh, I'm going to boycott games. Oh, I'm not going to go. And if you go, you're part of the problem. That's not how it works. Not how it works. You can't guilt trip other fans... If you if you don't want to go to games and you want to boycott games, it's entirely up to you. You don't have the right to tell other fans what they can and can't do and question their validity as supporters. If they've had a season ticket for 30 years or 40 years that runs through the family and then all of a sudden they aren't going to back you up when you don't go, you can't have a go at them. You can't guilt trip people in that way. If you want to do that, that's entirely up to you. Don't make the other fans feel like they have to do it as well. Let them come to that on their own way. Let them make their own minds up. It's really simple. But for some people, it's not. For some people, they feel like they have to be leaders in this situation. They have to be the aggressors. Because, yeah, John Henry's really bothered about what you think, you individual. Create a thing. Talk about the issues in a way that is not aggressive, is not taking on other fans. Because the most powerful thing fans can do is band together. 
unfortunately for Red Sox fans, there's no hope at the moment. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's no superstar in the farm system that makes you go, you know what, when this guy and this guy and this guy come up, things will be looking better. It's just not there. It's just not there. And like I said earlier, on one hand, from a personal Yankees point of view, it's funny to see them react like this. It's funny to see your rivals in the mud this way, but as a neutral, as a person who could understand how they feel, yeah, I'd understand their sentiment. I understand why they're annoyed, and I think I would be as well. You've just got to hope that it doesn't last too long for you, and that As a fan, you have to find ways of keeping hope. You've still got Rafi Devers. You've still got... Okay, that might be it. But that's not the point. The point of it is, you've got to find your hope. You've got to find reasons to be excited for the future. And it might not be right now. It might not be right now. But the ownership in the front office have to be clear with the fans. Maybe the fans would be a little bit more appreciative and a little bit more understanding if the front office had come out at the beginning of the off-season and said, look, time out here, guys. We've got to be honest. We've got to be honest with you. This is what it's going to be. This is the next two to three years. Any big free agent you see, there's a high chance we're not going to be involved in it. Very high chance that isn't the way. But if the front office had just been honest about that and explained their their process and explained their situation to the fan base, I don't think they'd have been happy, but they would have been like, okay, I get it. You've been clear, you've been honest, you have explained the situation, it's two to three years down the line, etc., etc. Instead, now, you've got them going full throttle and we're going we're gonna to contend and we're going to challenge, and instead they've done nothing. If they'd have had this off-season, if they'd have told them something else, maybe they'd have been able to stomach it a bit more. They wouldn't have been happy, of course. You know, that's not an off-season that you're happy with. But maybe the fans would have been like, fair, we'll hold our hands up, and it is what it is. But they didn't do that. They told them we're going to go full throttle, and that's a quote that I can't get out of my head. Red Sox fans won't be able to get out of their head either. We're going to go full throttle. And what have you done? Bupkus. You haven't done it. That's the problem. People want to play for the Red Sox. They've got a massive fan base. They've got a fan base that are really passionate. An iconic brand, an iconic name, an iconic stadium. And they're not doing what they should be doing with it. There's no hope for them right now. There's nothing to grab onto. There's no kind of... We use the Yankees as an example. There's no Judge. There's no Sanchez. There's no Greg Bird. That's a name you haven't heard in a while. There's no Luis Severino. Even if you go back 10 years to the Astros, there's no Bregman. There's no Springer. There's no Correa. There's no Altuve. None of this kind of stuff. There's none of that. So they've just got to... They've just got to hope that the, off, that the front office are a little bit better when it comes to planning going forward and a little bit more honest and not digging themselves holes when it comes to quotes in the off-season. Because they've dug themselves this hole with the whole full-throttle thing, and that's all anybody's going to keep an eye on. And until that's resolved, no one's going to be happy with it. They're going to be continually discontent. 
they'll finish bottom of the AL East, AL East. They'll finish under 500. They're not going to be in the one Soto stakes. Other teams might be, but I know they won't be. So if you're a Red Sox fan, you must be looking at this and going, Whoa, I don't want to wait three or four years to be good again. But if the if the front office has just been honest about that, maybe they'd have been a bit more accepting of it. That's been 28 minutes of rambling on from me about free agency and the Red Sox and all of that kind of stuff. And It's fun to talk about things like this because I know a lot of fans are interested in it and they have their own opinions of it and anything. So if you're watching this, yes, we're recording these now. We've done a whole season of audio to practice how to do all of this. We've now got a relatively simple setup to film these things. So if you're watching this and on YouTube or wherever, leave a comment, subscribe, all of that good stuff. I hate doing it because it feels like begging, but it is what it is. If you have any thoughts about the free agency or any thoughts about what the Red Sox could do, or if you're a Red Sox fan, how do you feel? Message below, just everything along those lines. This has been Let's Talk Baseball. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you have a good day and see you later.